Welcome into Texans All Access. It's a Tuesday from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio, and a lot of changes, a lot of coaching changes that is announced today. We've got Bill O'Brien on the show. Also, we'll get into some of our Texans All Access Sports Awards. That's later on in the show with Drew Doherty and John Harris. But first, let's get right to it. We've got the head coach discussing all those coaching changes with Mark Vandermeer and John Harris. Congratulations on these changes, these hires, and Tim Kelly becomes your offensive coordinator. I know you like to promote from within, so tell us a little bit about what this change brings about. Yeah, we believe uh, this is an excellent change, uh, something that Tim Kelly has earned. Um, you know, one of the philosophies that we have here is we really like to try to hire young coaches, uh, uh, you know, teach them on, on one side of the ball or, one, one, you know, maybe both sides of the ball. Timmy started out on defense at Penn State. He's, he, he moved over to offense when he came here to Houston uh, and, and was promoted to tight end coach and, and now promoted to coordinator. Timmy has an excellent knowledge of our offense, uh, uh, all aspects of it, uh, you, you know, whether it's the passing game, the running game. Uh, Timmy has an excellent knowledge of, of how we talk about defense from an offensive perspective because he was – he started out on defense, and so he has a great knowledge of coverages and fronts. And uh, he, the, the players have a, a great amount of respect for Tim. Tim ran a lot of the unit meetings this year, so he's been trained, and uh, and he's ready to go. You know, Timmy Timmy's an excellent young coach. I think he's got a real bright future, and uh, we're excited for him, and we're excited for our coaching staff to, to be able to promote Timmy. Coach, you've been in, in obviously coaching staff throughout your entire career, and there have been – a lot of them that have offensive coordinator and head coach, and there have been some where the head coach calls the plays. There are some where the offensive coordinator calls the plays. Have you kind of figured out what you want to do with that situation yet? You know, Johnny, that's always – it's an interesting discussion and a great question. I mean, I think that's always been a collaborative effort for us. You know, we, we've we uh, – through the years, uh, you know, we've had different guys call the plays. I've called plays. You know, obviously we had George Gotze called plays. And uh, there's no doubt in my mind that Tim Kelly is ready to call plays. Uh and that's something that will always be, like I said, a collaborative effort. Now, on the outside, people may say, well, what does that mean? Well, there's a lot that goes into a play call. Uh, you know, obviously you don't have a lot of time to make a play call, but there's a lot that goes into it, and you need input from everybody quickly, you know. And, and, and so uh, whether it's me calling the plays or Timmy calling the plays, uh, it'll always be what's best for the team, and it'll always be, a, like I say, a collaborative effort of game planning during the week and then, okay, let's see how this game's being played and, and let's move from there. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll make sure that we're always doing what's best for the team, and that's all part of this uh, this this promotion of Tim. Well, not only do you have Tim Kelly as offensive coordinator, but you bring in Carl Smith as quarterback's yep. coach, and he's been around. He's worked with a lot of great offenses in his career. Yeah, very excited about him also. You know, real excited about Tim, very excited about Carl. You know, Carl uh, brings a lot of experience to the table. I've known Carl for, for a number of years. Uh, if you look at his resume, he's coached in a lot of different systems. He's coached uh, for different head coaches, primarily, most recently, for, for Pete Carroll, who you know I have a ton of respect for out in Seattle, and, and also coached for, for Pete at Southern Cal. He's worked with – Carl has worked with a number of different types of quarterbacks. He's, he's called plays and systems. He's uh, in different systems. He's been in this system. He was in this system in Cleveland when he was in Cleveland uh, – He's he's had tremendous success with a number of uh, different quarterbacks, and and he has uh, excellent relationships with all the quarterbacks that he's coached. And we spent a lot of time together, you know, basically in quote unquote an interview type of setting. And and uh, you, you know, we feel like he's going to bring a lot to the table f- with his experience. Uh, 
in all the different uh, areas that he's worked in. He's worked as a coordinator. He's worked as a passing game coordinator. He's worked in a running game. He's obviously coached quarterbacks for a lot of years, so we're excited to have him. Coach, when you make changes to your coaching staff and you're moving forward into the next season and you, and you know you need to make those changes, and obviously you don't have as many as, as some teams have, right. but you've made changes all the way along, what is the – biggest thing you're looking for from somebody that's going to be added to to your staff what do you want to see from that particular person no matter the role yeah. coordinator assistant position coach whatever no matter the role what are you looking for most in that particular person yeah it's a great question I think the the number one thing is the chemistry the, the, the ability to be a good teammate you know to understand your role um and that's why it's always good in some respects to have guys that you've trained that you can promote from within like my philosophy there is you know, why would you hire a young coach, you know, train him in what you want to train him in and then let him go coach somewhere else and take all the things that he learned and go somewhere else. So I think the ability for us to to promote Tim, and I'm sure you'll ask him about Will eventually, but Will Long, to promote Will, th- those are that's a philosophy that we have that we really, we really like. And I know that Brian has that philosophy over on the personnel side. So that's the way we were brought up in pro football. So it's great to be able to do that. But I think they have to be a good teammate. They've got to be very hardworking. They've got to be articulate. They have to be smart. You've got to have somebody that that is adjustable, especially if they're working with me, not for me, working with me. They've got to be able to adjust on a day-to-day basis. It's not the same cookie-cutter schedule every single day. And so I think those are some of the traits that we look for. We want guys that have a passion for football, just like we look for in a player, somebody that loves football, that – that you you know football outside of their family football is their life you know that's what we look for and uh, I think we found that with with the staff I'd say Johnny uh, and Vandy I would say one of the, th- the hardest things to do for any coach is to is to put together a staff and I think over the years uh, we've had very good staffs here and and I'm really really excited about the staff that we have here. You brought up Will Long, yep. tight ends coach now and he's really paid his dues yep. in your building. Will Long has done an excellent job now. Will Long. His background is very interesting. You know, he came to us at Penn State. His dad is a football coach, a very successful defensive line coach in college, uh, uh, Brad Long, and he's he's been at Florida State, Texas A&M, North Carolina. So I've known his dad for a long time. And, and Will was coaching at a small college years ago when we brought him to Penn State, and he has paid his dues. He's He's been a guy that uh, was on defense. Uh, we moved him over to offense a couple of years ago. He has an offensive background. Uh, when, he, when he got into coaching, he coached receivers. He's coached running backs. Then he worked on defense here for Rack. Uh, he did an excellent job for us on film breakdowns, on projects, on running the look team, on on coaching on certain certain days when we would ask him to to take the rookie offensive line or the rookie tight ends. Uh, he did a lot of different little coaching uh, assignments for us that he was really impressive. And so uh, he's a guy that we're very excited about having the ability to promote and, and he'll coach the tight ends and he'll still do a lot of the things that he that he was doing before. So he'll will have a lot on his plate. All right, okay. coach. There's there's really. I mentioned this to Mark a second ago. There's a really interesting good. quirk that I don't know if you noticed this. Maybe you did. I don't think I've ever seen two guys traded for one another end up on the same coaching <laughs> Some, staff. Somebody How, said that to me the other day, and I, I remembered that, obviously, but I didn't. The, there's no there's no connection there. Um, I mean, I know there is. We're talking but about TJ Yates and Akeem Dead, yeah. who are both assistants now yeah, for your staff. This is a weird quirk that they were traded for one another and now they end up together. And they, and obviously, you know, from TJ and his time here with the Texans and 
you know, before you got here, we were talking about it today with him, 2011, you know, just what he did that year as a rookie. And then 15 when he comes back and he has the, the throw against Cincinnati, those kind of things. But Akeem Dent came in here and gave you good play as well. What do those two guys bring coming in as first-year coaches for your staff? Right, so we've we've hired, um, you know, three guys there. You just talked about TJ, uh, TJ Yates, Akeem Dent, and then Johnny Elward. I'll talk about all three here. Uh, TJ uh, was a guy that obviously has a great history here with the Texans. You know, he's, he's played football. He's played in, in playoff games. He, he came in in our tenure here and helped us, you know, beat Cincinnati yep. on a Monday night game a couple years ago. So, He's a guy that at the end of his career, he expressed an interest to uh, to me that he wanted to coach. You know, um, you know, he has a father-in-law that was a, a longtime college coach. And he understands coaching. He loves football. And so what he did was he stayed in touch with me, stayed in touch with me throughout the last year and a half, uh, text messages, phone calls, and, and he really has a passion for it. So we want to start him out. You know, it's kind of an entry-level position, but we feel like with his brain power, his background, that he's somebody that can really bring a lot to our staff at that type of position, and, and we're, we're excited about that. Akeem Dent is a, is, is a similar story. Uh, when he was done playing about a year ago or a year and a half ago, he expressed an interest in wanting to coach, stayed in touch with me, didn't have a spot for him. Uh, then he went to Colorado State, uh, basically as a volunteer. So he went to Colorado State for no money, which, you know, obviously he made some money as a pro football player, but, you know, he, yeah. he, he sacrificed and went out there and was a graduate assistant type role for Colorado State for, you know, Mike Bobo, who coached him at Georgia and had a connection there. And so, you know, he showed me that he really w- was serious about coaching, and, and now he's uh, uh, going to be a defensive assistant and help us at, at an entry-level position, but we really are excited about having him. Johnny Elward is a guy that's grown up in the Northeast, uh, has an excellent background. Uh, his, his dad is a guy that I went to college with, is a, is a very, very successful high school football coach, high school wrestling coach up in northeastern Massachusetts. And Johnny uh, is a guy that worked with us last spring in scouting, in coaching, and did a lot of things for us. And so we're excited about having him on board at an entry-level position and being, being able to help us. So that those are three guys that we, we're, we're really thrilled to have on board. Another former player, Brian Cushing, comes yeah. in to help the guys work out. Now, what does he bring? Yeah, you know, Brian, obviously, Brian brings uh, so much passion uh, for the Houston Texans, you know, and, and I think – at the end of, of careers, you know, guys have a hard time. You know, they've played a lot of football. They've played at such a high level. I mean, Brian was a rookie of the year. He was a, a Pro Bowl-type player. And, and, you know, Brian, all-time leading tackler for the Houston Texans. I think it's hard, you know, when their playing days are over, it's hard to transition. And so, you know, he, he wanted to continue to play. But, you know, at the end of the day, he made a decision that it was time for him to uh, maybe – you know, move on to the next stage of his life. And he had always expressed an interest to me of wanting to be a, a coach, possibly in a weight room, help with player development. So he'll help J.J. Moses on that side too with rookies. Mm. He's going to help in the weight room. Um, you know, Brian, as I expressed when he was playing for us here, is uh, a guy that meant a lot to me uh, as, as a head coach coming into this league. He was a captain for us, the way that he laid it on the line for us every every time that he played uh you know, it was it was really cool to to have conversations with him about wanting to transition into this part of his career, and 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 we're we're excited for him. Both of these things are, you know, kind of like starting at the bottom of a coaching uh, deal and then working his way up, and and we'll see how it goes. But I know he's excited about the opportunity. You can catch the full podcast of that interview with Bill O'Brien today, this evening, uh, within the hour.
within the hour on HoustonTexans.com, full podcast of Bill O'Brien. But right now I'm going to bring Mark Vanderweer back into the studio, and I want to get your reaction, Mark, on your interview with Bill O'Brien. Biggest takeaway. Well, DP, I don't know where to start because T.J. Yates, this is incredibly exciting. I mean, this is a guy who is a folk hero for the Texans. We've talked about him plenty. So that's really exciting on a personal level, really, on a personal just sports fan level. I saw Yates this morning in the hallway. You were there. And it's just exciting. I saw him, I think it was last week, having breakfast in the building. We both were like, what yeah. is T.J. Yates doing I here? guess he was here for the interview or yeah. whatever, and it was just great. To, it's always great to see T.J. What a wonderful guy. and. I'll tell you what, that's not easy to break in as an offensive assistant. Like, that's that's the old Will Lawing job. You know, we talked about Will Lawing with, with Coach, but that's not an easy job. It's not like, are you, there's no cushy coaching job, okay, in the NFL. It's a lot but, of hours, especially yeah. for a, a guy that's got a couple of small kids. But speaking of guys with small kids, Brian Cushing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, oh, I, thought yeah. it was, I thought it was interesting. It's huge. Three former Texans on the coaching staff. Yeah. Akeem Dent, who was here for 2014 to 2016, linebacker, and then obviously Cushing and T.J. Yates. I I find that um, – I, I think it's very telling that Bill O'Brien thinks that it's important to have former players on his coaching staff. And guys who know some of the players on this team, you know, Cushing. They played with for them, sure. right? Yeah, I mean, Yates was just here last year, Cushing as well. So, I mean, that- last year meaning 2017 season. So that's really cool to have them around and – and Dent has some familiarity with some of the guys. I just think Cushing's energy, you know, I know the eye rolls were going to come when people heard about him, you know, training guys in the weight room and everything. But who, I'll tell you what, who better to have frank conversations with? Who better as a motivator? I heard Seth talking about it. He really put it well. He said, on a Monday after a tough game when you don't want to do that lift and Cushing's in there like, oh, really? You don't want to do the lift? Let's go do the lift. You know, he's a motivator. I, I think it's going to be great. They always talked about his leadership in the locker room. So now you're giving him this kind of role. I think that's wonderful. But I'll tell you what. I'm very excited about Carl Smith. And in the I next segment, too. I'll tell you a little bit about him that I find very intriguing because You know, I always like watching or looking at where these coaches have been in their career, and Carl Smith has been around. He's got quite the resume. I want to get your reaction on that. But one more thing about Cushing. I do remember Mike Vrabel saying that if Brian Cushing doesn't give his effort on every single play, he will hang up his coaching career because someone asked about Cushing's effort during that time when he was working his way back from injury, whether it was injury or whether he wasn't giving a full effort. And And he knew it would be there. And he he knew it was was – Cushing gives his effort 110% of the time, whether it's practice, whether on the field. I think mm-hmm. that translates to the weight room as well. So uh, let's take a break. When we come back. Obviously, there was a lot more in that interview I want to talk with you about. And then we'll go around the league, some mm-hmm. news breaking across the NFL. That's all coming up. Texans All Access. A little bit later, we'll have our Houston Sports Awards, but that's uh, later on in the show. So don't go anywhere. More on the Texans coaching changes coming up next. Welcome back to Texans All Access. Uh, if you've not heard, it's been a very busy day in the building. Busy. Texans, Texans announced a lot of coaching changes. Mark Vandermeer joining me once again. Uh, Mark caught up with Bill O'Brien earlier in the day along with John Harris to talk about the coaching changes because mm-hmm. obviously we saw the press release, but uh, Coach gave a lot of insight into some of the hires. What about what about Tim Kelly? We saw Tim Kelly come into this building as a quality control coach. And I remember I used to sit – very close to his office, things were very 
Rearra- they were rearranged differently back then, but his office Wait, was were you, was your desk still over there my at desk, this point? When Bill O'Brien came in and for the end of Kubiak, I sat over with the coaches. I was just That's this, right. This lone lone Our department was all spread out. We were like nomads. Like Bill would walk by and say, DP, are you listening to all of our conversations? And I would just pretend like I couldn't hear him because I was like, terrified. Huh? What? That I, I, I'm hard of hearing here, coach. Uh, so, yeah, so Tim Kelly was there. I would come in the morning, he'd be there. I'd leave in the evening, he'd be there. I joked with him once that you have a bed in here, don't you? You just you just don't really have a home. This is your home. I mean, quality control guys work tirelessly yeah. breaking down film. Yeah, like, they, even on the they, off they days. they have to be here. they got to get all the stuff ready. You know, Bill O'Brien talked about it in the first segment with Will Long, and they have special projects, and I might need all the third down plays for this in this situation when it's raining and 30 degrees. You, who knows what he's coming up with now. Some of that's video guys, too, but then – you got to break down what formation they're running and why. And On everything. every single thing. Yeah, I mean, when for. they have like these questions about specific situations and nuances, these are the guys who dig in and do the research for them. Tim Kelly, yeah, he put in his time, and now he's offensive coordinator. Clearly, Bill O'Brien thinks he's got a great offensive mind, and we'll go from there. I talked about it yesterday. People say, "Well, he's not a proven offensive." Co-. Well, either was Sean McVay, you know, Matt Lafleur. No, I brought up names of guys who, yeah, they rose up and they became who they are. But so didn't, didn't Bill O'Brien also? Happens. Didn't he also start as a quality control guy for New England? That's where he started. And yeah, he but he was already um, in college. He was an OC at Duke, at Georgia Tech. He did a whole lot. You know, he he had experience at the college level doing that kind of thing. So I, I think that's a little bit different, but. It doesn't mean you can't be good. It doesn't mean that you can't do the job. So let's see where it all goes. Now, I think Carl Smith. I was going to say, let's talk about experience. Mm. You've got both ends of the spectrum, and then you've got Carl Smith. When you start looking at his resume of what he's been able to do, and I love the fact that he – well, he first of all, let's just break it down. He served as quarterback's coach Mm. with the Seattle Seahawks from 2011 to 2017. So basically – all of Russell Wilson's tenure. Oh yeah, all during of it. the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. he also served as assistant head coach and quarterbacks coach. Um, everywhere, everywhere else, he, I he mean, was in. He was in New England. Place he wasn't. He was in New England. So with that Pete ex- Carroll. With, <laughs> that's <laughs> with Carroll at USC, New England, Seattle. That's a big link between him and, and that head coach, who's really good, obviously. And I know he wasn't as good in New England as he would become with USC and Seattle. But I really love his experience level here. Like we could, we'll run out of showtime if we read his whole resume. He's seventy years old, but he's one of those high energy Dick LeBeau type guys who you know might be retired, but he's certainly not because he's purely driven to do this job. I find it interesting that he had the assistant head coach title or associate head coach mm-hmm. title with the Seahawks, and he was also coaching Russell Wilson, but he decided to leave all that and Pete Carroll mm-hmm. to come work for the Texans and be with Deshaun Watson. Can we read into that, that he's he sees something in Deshaun Watson that he wants to come well, coach? Well, I'll, I'll tell you some of the quarterbacks he's worked with, okay, and the list is impressive. First of all, and I love this kind of stuff, and I know, just bear with me, he was in the USFL with the Philadelphia, then Baltimore Stars. They were the best team in the USFL during that league's three-year existence, and he coached Chuck Fusina there with the stars and he is a yeah Chuck Fusina was Chuck a really Fusina. solid quarterback in that league but anyway forget about him Bobby Abair with the Saints Drew Bledsoe with the Patriots Matt Leinart in college when he won the Heisman trophy David Garrard with the Jaguars that's when the Jags were going good before they started to go bad when they had that really great year in 07 he was the offensive coordinator then Carl Smith 07 they beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh in the regular season and in the playoffs and Garrard was 
excellent then. Quinn Graven was a backup. They came here through for 300 yards against the Texans on a game the Texans really wanted to have because they were trying to go 500. The Jags were just kind of mailing it in the last game of the regular season. And then Russell Wilson. So you add all those names together, you got a whole lot of great resume stuff there, and I think it's going to really help Watson to have a man of this ilk, this experience, coaching him as who's, QB coach. Who's coached a, a very similar quarterback as Watson. Let's talk about OB and all the help that he's got this year. He's got quarterback's coach. He's got an offensive coordinator. He's also got an assistant mm-hmm. in Doug West, who formerly was the director of football operations. Doug stays in the building but moves to the coaching side. Yeah. And uh, did Bill give you he, any? He did not get into that. He, he we, didn't we, give we, you we any insight so much, on. We had so much to get into, and I, I really regret that. But i got to tell you this. My take on this is it's one of those under-the-radar things that's really going to help, just in terms of time spent doing whatever he needs to do. Now, Doug's not a football coach, but he's a football guy, so he's going to help keep Bill O'Brien, help keep his eyes on, on the most important things. Uh, so I, I really like having Doug. He's highly organized. I mean, he was in charge of all the team travel. This is no joke. You know this. Going around the country with an NFL team and all the little things you have to think of. I've always said that job that Doug had, you got to pitch a perfect game every time. You know, One mistake means hours of lost time. So obviously Bill really believes in Doug West and he's going to help him out a whole lot. But I, I think it's the coaches, the football stuff, the on-field stuff people get more excited about. But every little change can mean a whole lot here. Okay, what did he say about Tim Kelly as far as, did he say anything about calling plays or yes, how much he more he's going to put on his plate? Yes, he did. And he wasn't really going to make a full commitment there as to who's going to be doing uh-huh. it, but he said it's a collaborative thing. Collaborative. So I think he's going to see how it goes. I, I, look, I can't really read too much into it. I think he's certainly willing to let Tim Kelly call a bunch of the action, but I don't know if he's willing to say that right now. And it, any it sounded o- like that. Any other impressions you got from Bill? Obviously, you were in the room with him, mm-hmm. reading between the lines, things that, that sort of jumped out from that interview. Well, I just going back to Kelly here, having somebody who's got that kind of mind help organize things on offense is going to be big for Bill. You know, he really didn't have an offensive coordinator here the last couple of years, and the offense... I don't care what anybody says. The offense has done some really cool things the last couple of years. I know it got very tough when Watson got hurt in 2017, but with Watson and everything going good during the nine-game winning streak, most of it, remember they were third in the league in rushing for a, a big part of that? I know the running game kind of tailed off at the end. Well, those kinds of things, the struggles they had in the playoff game, whatever, you know, I think having more minds involved with it and even having Carl Smith in here to help out as sort of a – a wise guy, wise guy, that doesn't sound good. A wise man. <laughs> in a, in a man. good way. <laughs> not, not a wise guy, a wise man. Look, what did Brad Seeley mean for Bill O'Brien this year? A whole lot. Right? Special that, teams turned it around. Yeah, that was great. But just having him in the building, yeah. somebody to talk to, him on game day, I think Carl Smith can serve in maybe not as much of a similar capacity as that, but to a degree, and I think that's really going to help. Well, obviously he's... One, he's gone to the Super Bowl with Russell Wilson, so I think mm-hmm. just having that when you're coaching your quarterbacks is great. Just yeah. to offer stories or advice here and there, mm-hmm. just from a, not just from a football perspective. Sometimes I think the other stuff is just as important too. Situational life, you know, they they deal through a, with a lot of adversity. These guys throughout the course of a season. Oh, they do. And think about this year. You know, you dealt with the passing of Mr. McNair. Mm-hmm. You dealt with a lot of things the last couple of years, and it's just been it's been difficult. But they won 11 games this past year. They just didn't do well at all in the postseason, and they want to try to rectify that. I mean, I'm sure that 
everybody feels this way. You just want to go right back to the playoffs and see if you can do better. But you just you can't get there without going through everything you need to do in the offseason and the preparation and you know trying to win 10, 11 games again and get back to that postseason stage. I, did, I was speaking of Super Bowls. I don't know. Did you see this? ESPN predicted the Texans to make it to the next Super Bowl. Yeah, did but you see wasn't this? that like one writer? <laughs> Bold <laughs> predictions. Yeah, who, I mean, but the, <laughs> who knows? But lose to the I Saints. I predicted that the Rams would only <laughs> score three points in the Super Bowl. Who knows? You just don't you know these know. things. I mean, the NFL's so weird because the Colts look as good as they did here, and then they looked horrible at Kansas City. I know the weather was a factor, and the Chiefs were certainly a factor, but yeah, you just don't know with this league. It, midway through the season, would you ever think that the Patriots could do what they did? Now, nah, you know, of course, that wasn't as much of a stretch, but a 13-3 to Super Bowl is just mind-boggling to me. It I, feels like that's like one quarter, right? It's strange. So I, someone was saying the over-under on that was like 58 Something yeah, crazy. You expect, they expected you know, a totally high-scoring game. New England was at a 43-40 game. The Rams were in that 54-51. You know, you just don't expect this kind of thing. But, hey, uh, get ready. Defense does win championships. Yeah, they also predicted the Texans to sign Steelers' Le'Veon Bell. So that just... They did? Yes, they did. Oh, and <laughs> the go same, to the Super Bowl. The same, oh, no. the same report. Bold predictions. one is right and one is wrong. Please. <laughs> Maybe, yes. And but, you, know what I, you know where I'm thinking here. Well, I, uh, the New England Patriots held their Super Bowl championship parade today. Who knows where it's going to be next year? Hopefully it's, it's in Houston. The funniest tweet, I, I'm not going to credit it properly, but I'll just say it. It was, those long-suffering New England sports fans haven't had a victory parade since November. Since How do months. they live? Four-month-old babies have seen more championships than many fans across the U.S., so no one's feeling sorry for Bostonians True. right now. Thank you, Mark. And coming up next, we've got one final segment. We bring in Drew Doherty, John Harris, and we're going to give out our own Houston Texans Radio Sports Awards, if you will. We're sort of combining the best of everything. That's all coming up. One final segment of Texans All Access. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back for the final segment of Texans All Access. We've got more from Bill O'Brien. Also, a big week for awards in the NFL in Houston. We'll get to some of our favorites from, uh, I guess you call them the Texans All Access Awards. We'll get into those in a little bit with Drew Doherty and John Harris. But first, part two of the Bill O'Brien interview on the coaching changes. Coach, you have change, obviously, in a coaching staff, but there's also continuity there, a lot of continuity. How valuable is that to a coaching staff and to a team, and not only to a team at any point, but to your team right now, coming off 11-5, and five, building off of 2018, going into 2019? How important is it to keep the continuity? Rack as defensive coordinator, a lot of the defensive names the same. We still talk about some of the offensive coaches still in place. How much does the continuity matter at this point? Continuity is important. I mean, I think the players, um, there are certain things that need to need to change. There's no doubt about it. But there's other things relative to how we do things, our expectation level in the building, our, our, our uh, systems on offense, defense, and special teams, things that, that, that players really enjoy. They enjoy being a part of how we play defense, how we play offense how we run our special teams. So it's important to keep continuity that way. We understand that there's certain things that have to be better. Uh, we also know that uh, there's certain areas that we can improve in. Obviously, we, we, we had a good run during the season, but we did not end the season like, like we wanted to, and so we're, we're going to work hard to improve. But I think that one of the ways to improve is to make sure that when the guys come back to work for the off-season program, hey, Look, some of these things are the same, and that's important, but there's other things that are changing, and, and I think that's also important. How do you shape the strength and conditioning program sports performance right now? Yeah, I think it's interesting. You know, um, Luke Richardson did a great job for us. You know, he came in, and uh, uh, he's actually a guy that's a very close friend of mine, and, he, you know, he had uh, some personal things that he needed to take care of, and, and so he moved on, and, and, and we were able to promote Mike Eubanks. and. 
Brian and I feel very good about Mike Eubanks, his ability to work with the players, his knowledge of, of what we want to do in that weight room, I think made a big difference for us this year. But there's certain things that we can do better. Um, and so to have him uh, with his staff of Billy Voltaire and Jason George, and we added Joe Dister, guy that was with the Chicago Bears last year, and then obviously Cush, uh, we feel like we have a very, very good strength staff that's going to have uh, creative ideas and and our players are going to really enjoy going into the weight room just like they did last year with some different different things that we're going to do this year, but a lot of the same foundational things, and our guys are going to be excited about it. Every year is different, like you always say, but in a way, do you feel like you're going into year two, even though it's year six for you as the head coach of this team because you and Brian and working together and Watson – Aiming for a second full yeah. season. And I appreciate like that. that question, but I know it's year six. <laughs> no, I, I know. Look, I know it's a year-to-year business, and um, you know, there's, there's, uh, you know, we're working very, very hard to to bring a championship to Houston. Uh, we feel good about uh, where we're headed. We, we we communicate very well in the organization. We're we're all working very hard. Uh, we we're excited about the players that we have and the players that we may add. Uh, and, and we know what the what the bottom line is. We understand that, and uh, we know where we have to improve, and we have to go out and do it. And so, yeah, it is year two, especially as it relates to Brian, um, and Brian's done an excellent job, uh, but we also know it's year six, if that makes <laughs> sense. So we, 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 we understand that, and uh, we're excited about it. We're excited about the challenge and, and uh, going out there and, and, and doing better. Coach, the process of just thinking about the offseason process between you and Brian last year. I mean, you guys knew each other beforehand. He had been here before, but last year was the first year where you guys are going through that whole process. Now you've gone through it. Now you get to repeat it. Yeah. You talked about it a little bit, but how important is it to hear the things that we could improve on from last year, the things I think we did well, as you move on into that second year together and doing that? That's big. You know, last year was kind of a whirlwind because even though he had been here, for several years uh, and then had gone to Buffalo and, and come back, it was still the whirlwind of having to put all of his his philosophies in place, hire his staff, you know, kind of collaborate with the coaching staff on different things. So there was a little bit of a, a you know, whirlwind aspect to that. And now having gone through that for a year, you know, we've had tremendous communication between his staff and the coaching staff, and that's the key. You cannot have silos in these organizations. You have to collaborate. You have to communicate. You have to have face-to-face conversations, very honest communication. And sometimes there's disagreements, but that's the that's a healthy organization. And as long as at the end of the day we all see things through the same set of eyes, we're going to be in good shape. And I, and, and I think we Brian and I work very well together because, you know, we're friends. You know, we, 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 we work very hard, and, and we, we uh, I'm sure there's days where he's sick of me, no doubt about it. <laughs> Because I bring that coaching attitude to every day, but but I know that uh, all kidding aside, uh, I've enjoyed every day working with Brian. Coach, thanks a lot. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right, guys. Uh, welcome to the show, Drew, Johnny. I know Johnny. We've heard you throughout the show, Drew. Welcome, I guess. Welcome in. Um, Hold on t- a second, John. When did you get these glasses? You look like what? Drew Carey. <laughs> Drew just walked. No, in. these are these are just readers. Oh my goodness. These are these are just Bill O'Brien readers that I, don't they don't break. You know those ones that are magnetic? No. These are just my started getting to me watching some tape of college prospects and so I was like, you know, I wonder if I got some readers. Oh boy, this looks a lot better. The so, reason I bring this up, I know it's a radio, it's it's just a hearing only medium. I, I haven't seen him in these glasses, and I'm around him all the time. His office is next door to mine. I do the podcast with you on a, mm-hmm. a weekly basis. Listen to it. It's called uh, In the Lab. It's great. 
I have not seen you in these. It jarred me. I'm sorry. It was a Senior Bowl trip purchase. Okay. <laughs> but it's only for a computer, and, and that's where I watch my games, and so it's been helping me getting the Harris 100 together. Gotcha. So it's making the font a little bit bigger. You're so. not going to be wearing them on the field. No, 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 no. No, no. I used to. I used to wear them, and then I got LASIK, and then I'm just – these are just aiders, just, you know, readers a little bit. I feel like you need to, to tweet a picture now so the listeners can see yeah, what we're talking probably about. Should do that. You should probably do that. Burn probably some ants with those things. <laughs> yeah, I know, they are. They're, they're, they're blue view, so they apparently protect from blue light. I, I, I got no some of those, too. It's, it's a protect from looking at the computer. That, that, we, that could be an early best accessory award for Texans radio people. Uh, we, we're talking about awards a little bit earlier. The NFL honors obviously happened this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Watt was up for comeback player of the year. Whitney up for Walter Payton man of the year. They didn't win, but obviously as far as the Texans go, they did some great things here in the community and J.J. Watt on the field. Now the Houston Sports Awards are happening tomorrow. It's the second annual. We've got a few Texans that are up for awards. J.J. Mm-hmm. Watt has already won the Sportsmanship Award, but we've got DeAndre Hopkins. He's up for Athlete of the Year. Yep. Moment of the Year for the Hop, hop Spins, the Spin Catch versus mm-hmm. Dallas. And then the event of the year, the Houston Texans Monday night win over Tennessee. The first game without sure. uh, Bob McNair. And then Bill O'Brien is up for coach of the year. So we're going to see how that all plays out tomorrow. But I thought, why not have our own awards ceremony? All right. Ooh, and I so like I want to get your your all's view on this because no one really talks about these things. But it's the off season, mm-hmm. And it's nice to look back at the season. So I'm going to start with an easy one. Best touchdown of the year. Hmm. Best touchdown of the year. Most important touchdown of the year. Wow. I would say offensive, the best touchdown of the year is Lamar's 97-yard touchdown run. I think defense had a touchdown, too. I put Justin Reed's 101-yard pick six. That was pretty That's a good one. I think the only close second to that would be JJo's pick six because you got to remember – that was a tie ball game. That won a 13 game. With <laughs> that a won minute, a game. Yeah, with a minute and a half left to go. Texans were down that goal. Okay, going to the fourth quarter, they were down. And then Nathan they have Peter. to tie it up at 13 with a field goal, minute and a half to go. And then the next play from scrimmage after the kickoff, J.J. picked six. That was the best defense in the regular season that they played all season long. Yeah, I think that, so. That Buffalo Bills defense was the we, best. We had some good defensive played. touchdowns this year. Okay, moving back to offense, what about DeAndre Hopkins, Jets? Where he was carried off the field. Yeah, that was that was pretty was good. Pretty I was. Much, yeah. I, I just when when I think about, it, I heard you talk about those Houston sports awards, and Mark and I have talked about this. I, I think one of the things is Mark actually plays a role in that too, because as Lamar broke through and he scores the touchdown, and you can hear the crowd in the background, and then he says, "That one's for you, Bob." And I was like, "Whoa!" I mean, it just it hit perfectly. It was the perfect note. So I know there was just something a little bit more with that one, even though the one hop had won the game and. You know how I typically am. Anything Hop does, I'm going to put that ahead. But I just think that that one was so special on that for the franchise, night. franchise yeah, history. And that, one, and that one essentially won the game as well. Because yeah, that was they, they were played before. They had stopped them on fourth and goal, mm-hmm. got the ball back, and they blew it open. I mean, it was like a you know 14 point swing there. So I think that, was that a big one that yeah. might be my favorite touchdown just because it seemed so unlikely. Yeah. No one expected it, yeah. and it was a night that sort of started off on a somber note. So it really changed the. Entire energy. I mean, we were down ten nothing in that game. Uh-huh. We were down ten nothing, and right. Taylor Luan is over on our sideline. And he's taunting the fans, yeah. and he's taunting our fans. And then all of a sudden, it was like boom, just can, took off from there. Can I just say, I met Taylor Luan at the Pro Bowl. Nope, and you can't. He, I know what you're about to say. He was nope. so he was nope. so lovely. Nope. He really was. Did you remind care, Taylor that the last two times the Titans have come here, they've been beaten by a combined <laughs> sixty points in those. He games? was humbled. Is that what you're trying yeah. to say? Uh-huh. He did. He did uh, make fun Sheik of. Say. He did make fun of Purdue. He went to Michigan. I went to Purdue. Yeah, he made fun of Purdue football. So you know, it wasn't all great. But I, I you know, it's funny to see these guys. I'm not outside buying it, I'm not buying it. <laughs> all right, best press conference moment. Oh wow. 
We had a lot of good moments this year. I'm sure you probably, man, best I'm press gonna conference say, I'm going to say mine. I'm going to start off All because right. mine. That'll uh, give us a head. Yeah, that'll yeah, give us that, a little mine bit. Mine was DeAndre Hopkins wearing the Jaguar print with the culottes with Andre Johnson up at the podium talking about his oh, entire yeah, outfit. Yeah. The dual Andre Johnson, well, DeAndre Hopkins. I think just along those lines, the dual press conferences – when it would be clown, I think Clowney and Hopkins had one. Clowney, I'm fun. trying to remember when that was. was. Jacksonville, Jacksonville. Yeah. that was phenomenally fun. They were really so, funny that together. That was so so good. I mean, that was that was really good. So, and that you know that also after that 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 game was what sort of precipitated or, or caused or started really the downfall of the Jaguars. Absolutely, they were right around 500. They needed that win, and, and Texans came in there. And, mm-hmm. Spanked him. That was kind of a make yeah. or break moment for either team. Yeah, I think really at that was. point in the season, especially with Deshaun dealing Riding with what bus, he was dealing yeah, with, uh, the fact that the, I think whoever had won that game, it would have it, it it was just going to be upward mobility. Those two talked about Deshaun mm-hmm. in that press conference. They were asked about him, and they were they spoke reverently about him. I mean that that's my quarterback. They, you know the, uh, most, that was most fun. Respect. It was cool. Clowny. That that was one of the more fun trips all year. Just. <clears throat> realizing what Deshaun had done, the bus. I remember sitting on the bus ready to go home, and there's this bus in front. I was like, well, it's Deshaun's bus. <laughs> and I made that trip so many times, driving from Jacksonville to Houston. So it's an easy trip, but it was just he's going to play football game. I think the most remarkable thing about that whole bus trip was we had to play a game on Thursday night. Yeah. And he probably had his best passing game that night against Miami after that. I thought that was pretty incredible. I think we were very lucky that we were playing – in Jacksonville, where yes. he could have taken a bus. That's true. Because I was thinking, what if, what if it was it was another another stadium somewhere else where there wasn't enough time to drive? You're you know? in trouble. I mean, you're you're in a lot of trouble. So I thought it was very fortuitous. Straight that it was shot down I ten. Yeah. All right. So I think the dual press conferences those are always going to trump everyone else. All right. Best player personality. Why? Either off off the field in the locker room that you've observed in an interview. I. What's your favorite? I think Jadavion Clowney. To me. Just I when the when the Texans win he and he's had a just any kind of decent game but even if he's had a great game after the Buffalo game in the locker room and and typically I get a player in the back and I interview that player and it was J Joe and I interviewed J Joe and then I kind of go around and talk to the guys and I saw him and and I was close to him and he was like say bro next week you'll talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> because he was basically saying, I'm going to have a great game against Jacksonville. So I talked to him for a little bit, and and uh, he was like, yeah, you know, Buffalo. He's kind of like looking past Buffalo. He's like, but he knew who was next, and he knew, obviously, what Jacksonville had done. It was like all those defensive linemen Jacksonville had, and he was basically calling a shot. And then he went out to Jacksonville. It was phenomenal. So I told him, I said, you asked for it. You got it. And he's like, all right, let's do it. And so he came over and did the interview. But I just think he's – He's as fun a personality that we have in a locker room, I think. Now, there are times when, you know, as with everybody else, you have a bad day, whatever, but I think he's fantastic. I love him in the locker room. I'm partial to Christian Covington. I mean, went undercover with the guy and uh, <laughs> put an earpiece in, and we went and last off season went all over the place. We were uh, serving up food, all that stuff. But he, he, just, there, he can always talk about something interesting. So Christian Covington's yeah, he's been he was on the Fuddruckers show yep. a few times. He was also on uh, Texans three sixty. He hosted a show with sure. you last year. Uh, I'm 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 gonna go two different directions. Obviously, I'm partial to Kareem Jackson with KJAC TV. I feel like he brings up the best in everybody, and he's just so over the top. He's not like that in his press conferences, but I think that's the true Kareem Jackson, which you see on KJAC TV. Yeah. I like him, and then I I'm gonna stick with the DBs. I really enjoyed Tyron Matthew. Interviewing yeah, him, yeah. hearing him talk after games, after the losses, after the wins, in a different sort of way. He's not ha-ha funny, 
But he just has a lot of wisdom. You know, he's gone through a lot of hardship in his in his life. I think coming here for the first year, I didn't really know what to expect from him. But the fact that he was doing all those pregame speeches and the players just had him doing it every week, uh, I was fired up. I was I, fired up watching that. So I, I just I just really like that persona. I think the one thing that he said that stood out to me more than anything else after they lost to the Giants, it may have been on Monday, and he was doing his little thing, and they kind of pulled him away from his locker because so many people want to hear him. And I remember, I'll never forget what he said. He was like, our five-star players need to start playing like five-star players. And then they did. And then they started winning games because of it. And I thought that was – it was very on point. Yeah, he was very good about making things black and white. Yeah, he you didn't, know, he didn't wasn't, mess there around. Was, there wasn't a lot of fluff in, it, in things that he was saying. All right, best storyline from 2018. I'll give you some – I'll give you some choices. Uh, I don't need a choice. You don't need choices? Not okay. straight wins, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say the no win other... streak. Well, the only I other... think the bus ride to Jacksonville yeah, that was, the was one a I was fun. Say. And yeah. Andre Howell. That's a micro one. Yeah, those are good ones. But I, I think just nine wins after the way you started. It's almost like nine wins you kind of got to put up on a shelf yeah. because it's so it, – it over – it kind of covers everything, yep. so to speak. A lot I think if you dive that's in right. granularly, you get the bus ride to Jacksonville. Sure. That's true. Dre Howe coming back. I mean, I think those things JJ's were, come back. Yeah, I mean, Deshaun Deshaun's coming come back. back. Yeah. I mean, those are those are all – I mean, and then – Hopkins is like sustained excellence. And then you talk about things that happen on the, you know, on the field, like the plays we talked about already, those things. Um, I think those are all, you know, all – particular stories but to me that there's there's something about that bus ride that sort of flipped the season mm-hmm. because it gave i don't know the right way of saying this this team had an identity and that de- identity is essentially it puts its head down and it just plays it doesn't talk it doesn't it doesn't brag about things it doesn't like jalen ramsey tell everybody that they're the greatest or you know say that quarterback's trash or whatever they just play and there's this there's you know you know, a bunch of good guys, and they all play for each other and all that kind of stuff, and they're great teammates. But the bus ride was sort of symbolic of all that. And when that was known and people could talk about it and guys were kind of shaking their heads like, man, 15-hour bus ride, and he's playing football. Man. And then it was that reverence for Deshaun, too, doing it. I think that was the other aspect. So to me, that's the story that kind of that stands out a lot. And then, of course, Dre Howe coming back. I mean, coming back from cancer. And that's, that same Jacksonville weekend – he comes back from cancer. It was, that was an incredible Lost weekend. Lost his father as well with the that same week. week. I mean, it was yeah. just – it's amazing what he's had to bounce back from. Guys, I appreciate you so much. We'll do it again you got Thanks for having us. All right, that's going to do it for us. You're listening to Texans All Access. Check out HoustonTexans.com. we still got stories. we still got videos. It's the off season, but there's still lots to cover as far as the team is concerned. That's going to do it for us. As always, thanks so much for listening, and go Texans.